This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Now, Goldberg never impressed me. Not back then. Not now. Not ever. Hey guys, welcome to Top Rope Nation, presented by TopRopePress.com. I am Ryan Drosty, your host as always, joined here by my two trusty sidekicks. First off, I'm joined by the unofficial winner of the 1993 WCW Battle Bowl himself, Mr. Justin Joint. Justin, you still got that trophy? Oh yeah, you know it, buddy. <laughs> Although <laughs> I, preferred, I, I preferred the 91, but you know. And, and just for all those kids out there, despite what Kyrie Irving and AJ Styles believe, the world is not flat. What the hell kind of country is this? Oh, okay, Kyle, you're a Cavs fan. We're going to have to get to this one here. You're saving that one. Yeah, I'm also a world is round fan. <laughs> 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 it's an interesting. I think, I think people should do their own research, man. Um, and then, uh, you know, hopefully they'll either back my belief or they'll kind of throw it in the water. Um, I think, but I think it's interesting for people to find out. Man. You've seen pictures of the planet, though, right? Like yeah. it's a circle. So uh, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of things that have, have uh, that, that my educational system has said that was real and turned out to be completely fake. <laughs> That's bad. I, I hope he's just like in a week is like surprise like you guys are all dumb you really thought i thought the world was flat and then aj like you know a week later with brian raz and i was like oh my god this is a thing don't you guys think it's interesting anything that's labeled a truther is like a complete lie like yeah, you know, yeah. it's a, it, yeah it's a, a flat earth truther you mean like someone who's just wrong you know, like anyone who's a truther is just completely wrong on whatever subject they're talking about. The, the guys that think the Survivor Series 97 was a, a massive work. What do you think about that? There's no way. No, it's not. No, it's, it would have come out. I mean, like, remember for years, like Shawn Michaels was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. And then eventually everyone's like, the jig's up, dude. And he's like, yeah, I know. No, they're not going to keep that secret. Like, why? Well, if it didn't come out during the Owen Hart wrongful death lawsuit, it definitely was legit. No, like it's like, like why would they do that? Like, yeah, Brett was sent to destroy WCW. It's like no, like (laughs) they destroyed him. I'll tell you that much. That's for sure. Yeah, we could do a whole show on. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll do a whole show just for Patreon supporters on the misuse of Bret Hart and WCW. I could do. I could do for like three days. I'll do a telephone <laughs> on 1998 WCW and the 72 things in that year alone. It's just going to be Kyle talking about it while me and Ryan are in the background crying. Yeah, <laughs> just like leave me like uh, just stunned. I've I've never seen a company flushed up more money down the toilet. You know, as much as people bitch about WWE booking today, it's like the greatest booking of all time compared to 1998 WCW. I think we definitely have to do this. Let's plan on it. You guys, if you are a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash top rope nation, we're going to do it exclusively for you. Uh, And if you're a Patreon supporter, you're also watching us live right now on YouTube. Technical difficulties and all. You saw me uh, get booted off the stream here a minute ago, but we're back live. By the Montreal Truthers. Yeah. (laughs) So if you want to watch us every Thursday night live on YouTube, uh, 24 hours before the audio-only podcast version of the show goes out, head on over to patreon.com slash Nation. You can read about how you can get access for as little as $1 per month. So, guys... This week for wrestling, I thought television-wise, it was another solid week. The news has been a little bit slow, uh, but we started things out with Raw on Monday night, and you're never going to have, or it's going to be very difficult to have a three-hour television show that's just great from start to finish. They've done it occasionally, but um, 
few and far between. I thought this was a pretty solid edition of Monday Night Raw, and I wanted to get your takes on what you guys thought. Justin, what do you think of Raw Monday Night? Uh, for me, it was great beginning, great end. The middle was okay, but I mean, ju- just Kevin Owens promo and the Braun Strowman Big Show match alone is enough for me to say great Raw. Kyle? Yeah, I would agree with the highlights, too. Um, Owens was a star. I I think, you know, I didn't get a chance to come on last week. But, you know, that Festival of Friendship segment was obviously an all-timer. And I think, you know, you have that and that Owens promo this week. You could argue that this is the best work Owens has done being on the main roster, I think. Um, You know, he's set up the Goldberg match really well. and, And Justin brought up, you know, Braun Strowman, you know, I would argue that no one's benefited from the brand split more than Braun Strowman. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he and, and he's been booked very well. Um, you know, I mean, I know that some people fill up there, roll their eyes, you know, big man, uh, whatever. They don't give it a chance. I just don't see how you don't think Braun Strowman's been a complete home run, really, since the brand split. I, I think um, no one's been booked better over the last nine months or whatever than Braun Strowman. And the top two matches at Fastlane, I know you, maybe you guys disagree. I'm really looking for, I, I think they've been booked, set up really well, and I'm looking forward to watching them, although I think the results are inevitable in both instances. We're definitely going to get into that. There's a, a lot to discuss about that main event at Fastlane because I know we have some differing opinions on that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say I thought the Braun Strowman uh, Big Show match was very surprising. I'm sitting through that three-hour show. I was reviewing it for Top Rope Press. And I was just dreading that match. Like, I actually had already written in my review, who in God's world wants to see this match headline Raw in 2017? And I was wrong. I got to say, it was a good match. It was two big guys. Big Show is in unbelievable shape right now. If you've seen the pictures he's been posting and, like, with the side-by-sides on Instagram and Twitter, super good shape. Getting ready for that big match with Shaq at WrestleMania that's supposedly the plan. Yeah, hold on. I don't know if that's definite. You know, yeah, they haven't I, officially announced it, have they? Well, they did online, like what, like, like a long time ago, like ten months ago or something. But yeah. you would have thought they would have brought it back up. And I've heard things that there's some questions on Shaq's commitment level to the match, and that WWE maybe got kind of cold feet. They're like, yeah, is this necessary? And when you look at the card, I mean, I know two weeks ago when I was on, we talked about how you know what a massive card this is going to be. Justin ran through the guys who may not even be on the main show. Is there even room for a big show Shaq match? Is it necessary? I mean, what's it going to do? And uh, you no, beat- no, and nothing. Are those yeah. <laughs> and, and would you want to beat big show like they did Monday night if he's going to do this thing with Shaq? I, I don't think that match is definite by any means. Well, I think it's it's one of the reasons why shows at least got in the shape he's in. I think he's motivated for. Well, yeah, I mean, and he, and he maybe he maybe they didn't tell him. Maybe they're gonna be like, oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> too bad he didn't do this in one, Paul. You know, but well, I, I see that uh, the NBA on TNT signed Chris Bosh, so uh, it looks like Shaq could take a little leave of absence, and they probably wouldn't miss him very much. True, true. He could. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you know, I, I think there was just again, like I said, there was there's been some discussion when I hear about the commitment level from Shaquille O'Neal for this show. Like, I think he just kind of wanted to like show up and they're like, that's not how this works. Otherwise like every celebrity in America would try to do something like this. Yeah. Not every celebrity, but a lot, a lot more. Yeah. Well, there's all these other guys that are either back or coming back like Finn Balor, who we're going to talk about later on the show Mm -hmm. that he has no spot on WrestleMania as of right now. So I don't, yeah, I don't think there's a, uh, legitimate reason that Shaquille O'Neal should be featured in the ring and Finn Balor be sitting on the sideline. That's for sure. It's not like Shaq's going to job to Big Show. And it's not like Big Show's a guy that you really want to just like get restarted again. You know, I mean, again, getting back to my point with the big men, it can be overkill if you have too many. But Strowman stood out because he's, you know, was kind of the only one really in that role. The old monster gimmick and it worked because of that. And it's kind of his role now. You know, there's, you know, you hit the say up the big show. You know, you mentioned big show main eventing in two, 2017 in this company for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The match itself on Raw, like I said, shows you how far Strowman's come in the ring in the last year. 
you go back and you watch like any of his matches on television a year ago, he was a mess in the ring, and he is yeah. way more than competent right now. I thought he came off really well in the match. Uh, Justin, anything that stood out to you in that main event? Well, I mean, these two monsters were chain wrestling. <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman's kick up from the wrist lock was awesome, and uh, yeah, it was just all really well done. Even uh, Big Show kicking out of uh, his running uh power slam was okay because it didn't look like he connected very well and then he hit him with the second one and of course uh captain body armor had to come out like a jerk after braun Strowman just had his biggest match ever and try and beat him up like a jerk <laughs> you know yeah. those, those two have been having good matches in the house shows reportedly i mean like good's a relative term but they, they've been getting good reviews when the, whether or not they were doing body slam matches or whatnot, just being show and Strowman. I mean, believe you know, the, the reviews had been, you know, kind of like, wow, this was better than I thought. Well, imagine even six months ago saying big show and Braun Strowman are going to headline raw and the crowd's going to chant. This is awesome throughout the match. Unthinkable. Well, this is awesome is, Am I the only one who's like sick of that? Oh, like, it's, if, it's yeah, it's overdone. Like, no, if doubt. I never heard of this is awesome chant again for the rest of my life. <laughs> it would be okay. But they don't they don't do it unless you know the crowd's really into the match, and the crowd was really into this match, which was surprising to me at first. But it was like we said, it was a pretty well structured match for two big guys, you know. And anyone that thinks the wrestling industry now should just all be undersized athletic guys that are in pretty good shape, but you know, not overly muscular. There's definitely a role for the giants still in 2017 on these shows. And that shows you Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, we'd be, uh, wrong if we didn't look at how this show started off with Kevin Owens and, uh, one of the best ing ring promos I've seen in a long time. Everything about this promo. I love just how simple it was with, uh, Owens just in the ring by himself. The crowd's basically blacked out by the lighting. A spotlight on Owens just had like a really old school feel to it for me. And Owens just has like the way he addresses the crowd and looks at, at the mic and everything about his delivery is perfect to me. Yeah, yeah. It it, was, it had a, just a completely different vibe than what you would normally see on WWE. And you know, and it. The show started off with that great promo about the Festival of Friendship and Owens turning on Jericho. And for any uh, Game of Thrones fans out there, uh, at WWE Creative underscore ish had a great tweet saying the Festival of Friendship was the WWE's version of the Red Wedding, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. It's perfect. But yeah, they just open up, you know, this is Kevin Owens. No entrance music, just him sitting in the ring with his suit. Doesn't mention Gold or uh, Jericho at all. Brings up some great points against Goldberg. He's good at squash mashes, you know, n- not lasting in the ring. If he, the longer he's in a ring, the more faults you're going to see. And he, I think he made it like I, I, I think Goldberg's going to win, but he made it believable both in kayfabe and real that he could win. Kayfabe with the explanation of, you know, he's only good at squash mashes. And in real, maybe Vince or somebody watched this promo and they're like, holy crap, Kevin Owens is, we knew he was good, but we didn't know he was this good. Maybe he should take the belt into WrestleMania. I hope that that conversation happened so badly, but. I'm skeptical. I think we all know Goldberg's probably going to win the title. And I very, very strongly believe that is the wrong move. I know Justin believes it's the wrong move. We talked about it on the show last week. Now, Kyle, we were talking off air. You're on the other side of the coin. So let's just jump into this right now. You believe Goldberg should go into WrestleMania as the universal champion. You can't beat Bill Goldberg at Fastlane. Yeah, you can. And no way. You're going to kill the league. You, no, you won't. You have a Brock Lesnar and Jericho run and just make it a giant schmoz. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Justin on this one. Yeah. This this needs to be. Um, I mean, the, Kevin Owens has had a long run with the title. First of all, I completely agree with what Justin said. I mean, I thought Owens did a great job at getting the Goldberg match over. I cared a lot more about that match uh, by the end of the promo than I did by the start uh, at the start of it, which is 
the key for a promo, just in case if anyone forgot about that. It didn't sound recited either, I think, was something yeah. that was big. Um, you know, so many promos, you're like, oh, Jesus, this guy's just writing what was given to him. That felt like um, what he thought. It did not feel like a recited, scripted promo. And a real key is between, you know, what he was saying and what we saw last week. You know, last week's angle really must have touched a nerve because the crowd was booing Kevin Owens like they should have. Like, it was a, it was very much the reaction WWE would have wanted Kevin, o- Kevin Owens in that position to get, you know, as the top heel. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was good. And, but getting back to Goldberg now, it, it's the right call to have Goldberg win. Okay. You yeah. cannot beat Goldberg in fast. Yes. Okay, and here's why. You just said the crowd is actually booing Kevin Owens. Yep. Owens-Jericho is a hotter angle than Goldberg-Lesnar. It's a wow. better story with, with somebody who's actually going to be with the company for, you know, the next yeah, 10 but years. Yeah, but you want Jericho to be the champ because the thing is Jericho's got to beat Owens. No, nope. That you just put all the more heat on Kevin Owens if he wins at WrestleMania. I I, I don't know. To me, that story. I mean, Jericho's got to get his revenge. He can the next story. night on Raw or something. Okay, but I just I don't know. I, I just and you know it'd be one thing if Owens hadn't had a run, had a lengthy run, but he's been champion for a long time. It's not like you know. Um, I think you could make an argument that. They maybe pulled the rug out from under AJ too soon, but I don't think you can make that argument. I mean, Owens has had the title. I, I, I'm really just not bothered by it. Um, it's the one thing that is interesting is um, moving forward is it seems like Brock Lesnar is going to be the champion coming out of WrestleMania. That I have more of an issue with. Can I would keep have, it on Bill Goldberg. I would. Oh, Jesus God. No, he loses the next night on Raw. A company in a company that has a hell of a time getting baby faces. When you got one over like Goldberg, you got to run with it. Yeah, I don't know, though. I don't I don't think. Yeah, you're talking about Goldberg being over. He is. But I think the fan interest, like Justin said, is is way more under that Owens Jericho match than uh, the prospective Goldberg Lesnar. match. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see it. We'll okay. see it in the build. Here, let, let me tell you, ask you this. What match do you think will get a bigger reception at WrestleMania from that WrestleMania crowd? Goldberg Lesnar or Owens Jericho? Well, it'll depend how it's built between now and then, but I, I would actually still say Goldberg Lesnar. Ah, I disagree. Mark. <laughs> well, I'm the Mark. You're the Mark. <laughs> You're the mark. Well, here's a question for you guys. So obviously Goldberg Lesnar doesn't need the title. Like why what's the purpose of having that be the title match? They're wrestling either way. I don't think it elevates the match to any other level that it wouldn't be on without the title. But I think if you take the title away from Owens and Jericho. Well, it'll be a US title match, apparently. Yeah, but nobody come on, nobody cares about the US title. Which is an issue. Um, but you know, that's a separate issue. Do you think they take they should I don't know how long they're going to have Jericho out selling this injury. Do you take the U.S. title off Jericho and like make it the Sami Zayn Samoa Joe match for the U.S. title? Ooh, yeah, like, I would. Okay, the, that was just a, Owens Jericho is more about the friendship yeah. and the breakup. The I think the U.S. title will actually be more distracting than helpful. I, I and the same thing is true. See, you're kind of making a point. I think Owens and Jericho is just kind of like a. You know, they used to call it a blood feud. There'll be no blood. But, you know, I, I just think it's a feud. I don't think it needs the title necessarily to get over. I think it's the best book feud they've had in months. Well, then let's just give the title to Strowman. <laughs> Strowman would be a much better choice than Bill Goldberg. Oh, you're out of line with that. Bill Goldberg is is done a hell of a job. Bill Goldberg sucked in 1998, and he continues no, he to suck. No, he didn't. 19 years later. <laughs> Let, me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If there, if you don't want to hear Goldberg love, then we better not do that Patriot only show. Because let me tell you something. There was only one thing that company did right in 1998. It was Bill Goldberg. And then at the end, they screwed that up too. <laughs> well, I thought we were talking about the the uh, missteps booking Bret Hart on that show. But we could do oh, a whole 1998 right? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it all ties in. But yeah, come on, Bill. Bill Goldberg, they're actually booking Goldberg right. They booked him, you know, I mean, WCW outside of the first six months 
when they just kind of lucked into him. They did a shitty job with him. WWE did a t- terrible job with him in 03. And, you know, finally somebody's booking him well again. Refreshing. I mean, how much booking has gone into Bill Goldberg, though? He hasn't been around much. I don't know that they've booked him well. He's just, it's. I guess it's booking him well that he's he's still kind of like a special deal because he's not on there every week. No, well, I mean, yeah, again, that goes to the television. But, you know, and, and the guys, you know, you shouldn't need to be on TV all the time. You know, I mean, there's too much TV. I mean, yeah. these guys get overexposed most of the time. But to me, I don't know. I thought the idea of him squashing Brock Lesnar was great. I would much rather see Goldberg in the special attraction role than Brock Lesnar. Who has had Brock Lesnar's had, you know, how long to be in that role? And I'm not sure what he's done necessarily. Are you I mean, are you excited to see like a twelve minute Goldberg match? Or do you just want to see him beat everybody in two minutes? I think it would be I'm interested because I think I don't think it's going to be another squash against Kevin Owens. I don't. Um I don't think it's gonna be twenty minutes, but no, I'm intrigued. I'm really, I'm legitimately saying that I'm very psyched for the top two matches on Fastlane. The Goldberg Owens and the Reigns Strowman. I think they've been really well set up. I could be at that show um, in a week and a half, and I have refrained from buying tickets just because I am so uninterested in seeing Bill Goldberg win the title in person. Oh. I, don't want to say, I just I think it's a I think it's a massive mistake. KO is on fire right now as the champion, oh, and he, no. he just proved it Monday night. And to take it away, like you said, he's had a long run. He has, and that's to me that would make it all the more sad if he has the title taken away from him a month before the biggest show of the year to put on a fifty-year-old man. I don't know. I, I, it, it's the way it's the way the story goes. You got to go, Bill Goldberg. Well, hey, real quick, if I, I want to get back to Owens just real briefly and point out a couple things. Uh, I loved his line, uh, you know, about how I'm not going to let you use my title as a prop for your superhero fantasies. I thought that was brilliant. You know, like superheroes don't exist. And uh, and I don't know if either one of you have seen it, but I highly recommend it after the podcast. Uh, Max Landis did something about what something's wrong with Kevin Owens. That's really he gets kind of into the minutia of the Kevin Owens character and about he's probably a psychopath and it, it's fantastic. You got to watch it. Yeah, I have not seen that. I'll check it out. Yeah, I, I loved it. And then the way he ended the promo where I can't remember what he said, but it was something like and as for Chris Jericho and then he just dropped the mic and walked off. Yeah. Perfect way to build that Chris Jericho match. If if it's me, I'm keeping Chris Jericho off for weeks. Um, I and- see. I was going to say, do you think Jericho factors into the finish at Fastlane? Is that when he comes back on a TV? Yes, probably. Then, yeah. Okay. But yeah, and then that's a good way to do it. So, so here's the thing. Like, I wanted to actually. It, it's funny we brought up some stuff like uh, with some of these other. Uh, we brought up the U.S. title because I, I had something struck me when watching Monday Night Raw with the U.S. titles. First of all, how pointless was Roman Reigns' U.S. title run? Yeah. Like, why did they even do that? Okay, so with Kevin Owens, it's fine taking him off the title because they have a hot program to transition him into. That's the other thing. But, you know, it's, it'd be another thing if they didn't have anything for him and he just got cold, like, say, Rusev, when they took the U.S. title off him. He's colder than, you know, I don't know what, but he's cold. And then, you know, the New Day is, like, the most egregious example. They, they built that long run-up, they break the record, then they lose to him, and now they're not doing anything. It's, you know... If you've got something for a champion right when he loses, I have no problem. That's what you're supposed to do to keep him over. I mean, you know, there's you've got to think that through, and they obviously didn't think that through with the other champions, but I think Owens is going to be fine. Imagine being the New Day. So this was revealed this week that the New Day are going to be the hosts of WrestleMania, so they're probably not going to have a match. Uh, and you, like you said, they set that championship record, held the titles for so many months in a row, uh, over a year, I guess. Uh, and imagine being Big E. So Big E to me is a guy who is going to be in the main him. event. He's going to be in the main event picture eventually when they when they break up New Day. The fact that he is not going to be wrestling on this show, and someone like Bill Goldberg. Oh my is. god! <laughs> out of here with that! Like Big E is better in the ring than Bill Goldberg ever. Doesn't was. matter about this. But like, all right. So I've got like this big thing go off at go off on. There is like the idea that like. 
we need to complain. Oh, this isn't going to be like a great match about like everything in WWE is like ridiculous to me. There has never been a time in WWE history where the wrestling, the in-ring product has been better. No, that's for sure. And look at like, and still everyone bitches about it and stuff. You know, to me, I'm more interested in the booking because the booking has gone way up. You know, it's the complete inverse of what it was in the eighties. I mean, you know, people want to be, you know, you get all these great matches nowadays and there's great matches you can see outside of WWE all the time too. You know, like a year, like 1988, it's like two four-star matches in WWE. In 1988. But Lesnar Goldberg's not going to be a great match. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter that it isn't. It does matter to me, though, that one of your top acts over the last 12 months isn't even going to have a match on the show. Is Big E, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I, to me, if they're not going to break them up, and I don't think they are, freaking, I don't care if the New Day, you know, host the pre-show. I mean, the New Day is like the worst thing on Raw. Oh, no, boo. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're the New Day. They might not be for you, but they're entertaining a lot of people. The New Day has been hideous over the last four months. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, but they're they're geared toward children and just a, a more of a nerdy kind of culture. Well, Bill Goldberg's not, you know, geared for you. <laughs> well, there we go. We, we yeah. I, I I personally find the New Day to be the worst part of Raw every week. I like, think they've like, they've like, taken like, a step back for sure, but I, I wouldn't say the worst part of Raw. It is oh, something that's crazy like, to me when you show people like. Like I had like friends over for WrestleMania last year. They saw the new day and they're like, their eyes like almost jumped. They're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> they're like, this is the most awful thing I've ever seen on television. And I'm like, and WrestleMania yeah. with that sweet cereal box entrance. I don't know, man. I, like I said, it ain't for me. I don't wow. know. I think the new day is just like super nerdy and it's just bad. Sounds like you had a cup of haters. Oh no, uh, no, that that is worse than the new day, right there. <laughs> Enzo, See, oh okay, my, let's just God, talk. He has been terrible. Division. Let's just talk about the tag division because right. we've talked about with SmackDown. It's been so mismanaged on this brand too. You had the new day, who I just don't get the point of you know, hyping this record, they're going to break the record, and then they lose it right after and then do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes back to what I talk about. The, like, when you lose a title, when a champion loses a title, you've got, the creative has to think, all right, well, what's next for them after we take the titles off? So there's different directions. There's something like Owens, where they've got a clear feud to transition them into. That's good. Or, you know, he could, the champions could, like, you know, get back and keep going for the title in a series of rematches. That's another option. Or there's, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm 82 years old. There's like the honky tonk man option where it's like, okay, this guy's just going to job to everybody for the next two years. He's going to j- give jobs back. But like the new day, they just didn't think they're like, okay, we're just going to beat them. We kind of want them to still be over, but we have nothing for the interesting for them to do. They just come out and cut these awful promos every week. Well, I still think the promos are better than Enzo Amore because this guy makes no sense at all. <laughs> Did you guys know it? Like the crowd is turning on him too. Yeah, yeah that's what I was crazy. That was crazy. How did how did Enzo got Sheamus over with the crowd? Yeah, the crowd chanted, "Thank you, Sheamus!" After he took him out after the match, which was like, "Whoa!" This just shows you how the mighty have fallen here. And uh, as we know, Sheamus is a very underrated mid-card wrestler. So, well, and, and anyway. if you if we really want to talk about the tag team division, we've had our tag team champs get squashed by one person the past two weeks. Yeah, I had a big problem with that match on Raw, too. So, you got, yeah, your tag team champions taking on Roman Reigns. And uh, Reigns, for a lot of the match, was getting the better of them. And uh, they went to a DQ finish where the chair got involved. And then Reigns basically destroyed him after the match. Which, I got to say, the spear uh, to was Enzo coming through the air out of the corner. That was a pretty cool pretty cool spot but still the booking is leaving a lot to be desired well at least they didn't beat him in the match i guess i mean but it was straight out of like 2001 2002 when they used to do that all the time they had like a top guy beat the tag team champions one on two remember that that was yeah not wise yeah I, but you know the tag team division it's just so weird the way they've done it they they anderson and gallows you know what an odd time it was for them to get restarted and win the titles yeah six months we, too late yeah, and it felt like Sheamus and Cesaro were kind of just getting their feet wet and getting going. Um, now they're just kind of like, you know, in tra- it's the same thing. Oh, are, you know, do they, are they getting along this week or not? And like, you know, that's 
kind of going nowhere. And you guys mentioned Enzo and Cass have lost, you know, a team that when they made their main roster debut, I'm like, okay, Anderson Gallows are the transition team from New Day to Enzo and Cass is what I would have thought. But they didn't do it that way. It's me, Enzo and Cass have lost a ton of steam. Anderson and Gallows aren't as over as they should be. And New Day is just, you know, stupid now. I'm going to have to cut that off for you guys. You're going to go back and forth on that all night long. <laughs> but I, I agree that New Day is taking a step back, but I yeah, I just don't think they're the, the worst on the show. Enzo Amore is, like, cringeworthy to me. And have you seen his tweets lately? Yeah, the one before Raw was just crazy. Oh, make no sense at all. This guy's in that KFC commercial. Good God, is that awful. I mean, he's got good enough delivery, though. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess, to me, what they remind, like, you know, everyone craps on like how he's not good in the ring and he's not good in the ring but like can't they be like new new age outlaws competent in the ring like the new age outlaws that whole act if you remember it was all the ring introduction and everyone sat on their hands during the matches i just don't understand why you know to me like that was the first thing i thought of when they started getting over on the main roster i'm like oh they can have these guys kind of be like the new age outlaws where it's all basically introduction and um you know they can just kind of take shortcuts their way through the match to keep it over. But apparently yeah. they're struggling to do that. And they bury Enzo so much. That's the other problem too. The comments they like bury Enzo. It seems like it, it seems like they're like, they're basically telling you, you can almost hear Vince McMahon through the announcers. We are going to split this team up and Cass is going to be a big star. And we're just going to leave Enzo for dead. That's what <laughs> That's the comments exactly are. What's going to happen. Too. And like, I don't understand the rush to split that team up. I mean, anyone who thinks big Cass is ready to be a single star right now is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I agree. He needs more time. I think he's got potential, but he needs more time. Uh, We're going to get to SmackDown, but uh, before we get to SmackDown, which Kyle reviews for Top Rope Press, I wanted to mention uh, they announced DDP for the WWE Hall of Fame this Mm -hmm. week. So I wanted to have a discussion on this. You can't really look at the WWE Hall of Fame and uh, have too much issue with it because if you look at some of the people they're in, they're nowhere near Hall of Famers, right? But if this was like a legitimate Hall of Fame and you're looking at DDP and we wanted to have an actual debate, is he truly Hall of Fame worthy? I wanted to get your takes on this. So, Kyle, what do you think on that question? Would you put him in a, in a legitimate Hall of Like, let's say this was the, uh, I don't know, the Observer Hall of Fame or something. No, probably not. Yeah, Believe- I... I also I don't think he had a Hall of Fame career. I'm not like a hater of DDP by any means, but had a pretty short run. He did a hell of a job getting and, and he had some help, obviously, with the booking. Um, he was one of the few baby faces that was allowed to get over on the NWL. Um, it helps living next to Eric Bischoff. But, um, you know, it, to his credit, he tried really hard. He, he improved a lot from, you know, when he started to like 1997, 1998. He, he deserved uh, that push, he, he, you know, at first you can question, okay, yeah, he was Bischoff's neighbor, but yeah, I mean, he got himself over and he did a hell of a job, but yeah, I don't think that justifies a Hall of Fame career. Now, the WWE Hall of Fame, I have no problem him getting in. <laughs> right. Justin, your thoughts? There is no doubt that DDP is a Hall of Famer, <laughs> and there's one simple reason. He had a good match with Goldberg. I knew that's where I just knew it. I saw you smiling down there, and I knew that's where you're going to go. <laughs> that um, that wasn't all DDP. Though. I mean, though, I mean DDP. It was funny. He was one of the big match layout guys. Um, which is you know, I I would have loved to be a fly on the wall, uh, for some of the pre-planning with him and Savage, all the matches they did. Because I mean, those were like two of the notor- most notorious uh match plan guys who you know now it's you know they're obviously it's kind of commonplace to have matches planned out like that, but. You know, back then it wasn't, and DDP and Savage were very meticulous. But uh, yeah, that was that was Goldberg's best one-on-one match, probably. Halloween yeah. Havoc '98. Definitely. I, I I don't know if he is or not, but he seemed to have gotten popular when I don't know if he probably should have, and maybe that was just the diamond cutter, but or they booked him against the NWO. Um, I don't know. I for real, at the very least, for what he's done for. Razor and Jake and keeping them alive for us fans. We got in. Yeah. To be honest, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. He's super charismatic guy and uh, had a good run when wrestling was at his all time high. I mean, uh, 
my high school in the 90s they actually made t-shirts of like our mascot doing the diamond cutter logo and sold them that's how over ddp was at the time i think that was in like 98 or 99 so wow. yeah it was a brief run but uh you know hall of fame career i don't know but it is the wwe hall of fame so if you look at some of the other people are in there like coco beware i, I was just about to say that <laughs> i think he probably deserves his place yeah, it's funny like we're it, i wonder if we're going to get to the point where just like a great majority of the guys were over in that year in the Monday Night Wars era are just going to get in. It's kind of like the 80s WWF where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy when I was a kid and he was, you know, a star. Let's just put him in, you know, like Coco Beware. I mean, DDP is obviously much, you know, DDP was legit headliner. Coco Beware was, you know. Yeah. You know, the only time he ever headlined was the five seconds he was in that Survivor Series 88 tag match. They're going to uh, run out of headline names pretty soon. Yeah, that's around. what I was going to say. I mean, outside of... Uh, Owen Hart, I don't know, or in guys that are currently wrestling, I don't know who they got to induct. They, uh, I heard, is Rick Rude going in this year? I thought I heard that somewhere. Rumored, and they don't have anyone who's passed away yet in because they don't like to do too many. Of yeah. Them. They only like to do one pot. They only like to do one posthumous one. And they don't have a, a female inductee yet, right? They always like to do one. Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think they are going to run out of names. Yeah, I'd heard about Rick Rude. Um, who, all right, who had the more Hall of Fame worthy career, Rick Rude or DDP? Rick, Rick Rude. Rude. Yeah, Rick Rude for me. Is it? Because did Rick Rude. Rick Rude had such an interesting career. Because everyone remembers his WWE, but he was actually much better in WCW. Like that, that's, that's why, is because yeah. he had a pretty great run in both companies. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, he teamed with Manny Fernandez was pretty good. I guess it might be Rick Rude, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's debatable, though. I think if you gave me time, I could make a argument. DDP was more over at his peak than Rick Rude ever was at his. <laughs> yeah, but he he was baby face over. I mean, Rick Rude got yeah. heat. Is there anyone, you know, Rick Rude, one thing with Rick Rude that's interesting, that, that's a great point, Justin, is career heel. You don't see anything like that now where a guy's just like, you know, the idea of Rick Rude as a baby face is just like, how? Although that shtick nowadays would probably get him over as a baby face. Oh, yeah. He'd be super popular. <laughs> Anytime like after the late 90s, he'd probably be popular. For sure. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at Val Venus. Val Venus was kind of like an updated version of Rick Rude with some porn. Yeah, yeah. edgier Rick Rude. Yeah, yeah they, I know uh, Justin and I, on one of our shows, probably back in early January, we were talking about names for the Hall of Fame. And we had kind of a hard time coming up with big stars that could headline it. Like We completely forgot about Kurt Angle, by the way, before they even announced him. Um, but I think DDP was added to add a little star power to the class, and I think it is going to be a challenge in the coming years. On uh, you know, you know, your 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 boy Triple H still has to go in. I'm sure that will he'll clear the deck and have no other inductees that year. But, <laughs> is Triple hey. H my boy? I don't know. I just like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. We are going to get into the attitude era, and it'll be a lot of the guys who are on top there. So. Uh, Kyle, SmackDown, you reviewed it this week, topropepress.com. What would you think of the show all, all together? What would you grade the show? It was a solid B, I think. I, you know, there were, um, you know, we beat this point to a bloody pulp, but it's just a better paced show. I like how there's really no wasted segments on SmackDown, it feels. Um, even if a segment maybe isn't great, at least it serves a purpose. Um, you know, and um, they, they try to make things the feel a little more important. I mean, there's only what three matches on the show, I think. Yeah, because that battle royal was pretty long. Yeah. Um, so, and they, you know, they did a good job. I liked the old school promos they had. Interesting, Cena was the only guy who didn't get a promo. I was stunned by that. Yeah, that was yeah, it was a little odd. I did like the look of the old school promos, though. Yeah, yeah same here. Still, yeah, which um, don't, is. Miz was on another level from everybody yes. else. Yes. yes, I mean, um, he absolutely was. Dolph Ziggler, of course, was on another level from everyone else too, but it was the other level. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was a good. You know, it's just so odd because we know that Orton's going to wind up challenging Bray anyway. At least I presume he's still going to. And yeah. so, dragging this, the idea of well, who's the new number one contender out for another week was something I wasn't expecting because to me the whole intrigue is okay how are they going to pivot away from this new number one contender back to Orton 
that's the intrigue here. And by the end of the show, I kind of was thinking, okay, I think it's going to be Luke Harper, and maybe this turns into a three-way? What do you guys think? I think it's going to be a three-way. I'm almost certain of it at this point. I think Luke Harper has to has to get the spot. And by the way, that finish that battle royal leaved a lot to be desired. Nowhere close to a uh, simultaneous landing on the floor for AJ and Luke Harper. If you watch it back, I was no no Lex Luger, Bret Hart. I'll tell you that much. I I, I was, yeah. I watched it over and over again because I knew how much you disliked. I was like, all right, maybe I can defend it somehow. Like maybe Luke Harper's left leg hit, you know, early. And but yeah, I can't defend it. (laughs) It was not even close. (laughs) And the was just a terrible camera shot too because you could you could totally see from that camera shot. If they had done it from like the opposite side, like the hard camera, it might not have been as obvious. So I think it was poor directing as well. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I wasn't a huge fan of the finish. If it was executed better, it might have been all right. But I think I think Luke Harper Harper is, is, is uh, gonna win. I think it's gonna be three. What do you think? What do you think? Justin? What do you- uh, yeah, no, I think it's gonna end up being a triple threat with Randy Horton, unfortunately, winning. I hope not. Kyle, what do you think about that? To me, that's a mid-card title match. Uh, yeah, I but I mean, like, base, I, I don't know. Like, with or without Harper, I kind of thought it was a mid-card title match, to be honest with you. I No, I think Harper makes it more of a mid-card title match because yeah. Orton, Orton's a big deal. And and Bryant, Bray Wyatt is definitely on the up and up and is a major character in the WWE. But uh, and I love Harper. I, I, I'm not saying that to yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, on him because he's fantastic. And maybe this could elevate him. But that's in order to elevate him, it kind of comes down a level. And he's not going to win. So that's a, like I, I never yes, I, exactly that. I've never agreed. This goes back to that four way they did at WrestleMania 20. I, I'm sorry. I, smoked a lot of never mind in the <laughs> so all my references are like old when i could still remember things but like i've never agreed with adding people to multi-person matches when they're not going to win like remember they like added the big show to the main event at wrestlemania 2000 mm-hmm. and it like served no purpose he was out for everyone knew he was gonna be out first and he was out first and then it, because of that they had to add mick foley in and they reneged on that stipulation i just like if a guy's not going to win why even add him to the match i mean i guess he can carry it and but yeah, I don't like triple threat matches generally. They just they follow the same pattern. Two guys do stuff, and the other guy lays around. Well, the best triple threat match in WrestleMania. Was it WrestleMania? Yeah, uh, we can't talk about that anymore. I was just gonna say that one's been erased from the history books, but yeah. uh, it can work. I think I'm gonna flip this on you though. I think the reason why they're putting Harper into the match is because they they recognize it being kind of a mid card match, and I think the reason Harper's being added is to give the match a, a different dimension with the whole Wyatt family angle. I think they're doing it to spice it up a little bit. Well, that's, and this, this match is all about the story. And, yeah. and it has a really good story. And it, it's a long build, old school, like uh, Hogan, Randy kind of build to it. I mean, not as good as that yeah. by any means, I'm not saying. But just it's, it, it's a long form story. Yeah. Will Orton turn on Bray before WrestleMania? Yes. Definitely. I, in fact, I just, I didn't look at it, but I heard that he's already posting Instagram photos of him, like, sneakingly looking at Bray's title or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm on okay. board with that. I don't know if he will. Uh, so, go ahead. It, are you, are you guys? I, I kind of wanted to move on to something else real quick, unless you guys had anything else to say. No, I was going to move on too. So go ahead. I'm curious. Did it take the Drosty family to clean up all the confetti that was shut off when Alexa Bliss won the title? <laughs> the title is back where it belongs. It's kind of it is kind of mixed feelings though because it does suck for Naomi that she had to forfeit the title due to the injury and everything. Um, but yeah, horrible but, timing. But the thing with that is that I think people only were rooting for her because she'd been with the company for a long time. You know, like she deserved it. Blah blah blah. But now when she comes back, they're going to be cheering for her with a reason because she just 
had to give the title away like Brian did. Yeah, I think you can make the argument that she probably will deserve it more because she's going to be even more over with the crowd when she comes back. I I wasn't huge on the decision to take the title off Alexa like we talked about last week when she lost it because I think she's by far the best thing in the women's division on SmackDown. And Kyle, I wanted to bring this up because we talked about this last fall when uh, Alexa was starting to run. And I was pretty vocal. I thought that uh, she was the best female on the mic of the WWE and we had some debate on that because you thought Charlotte might be. But I see in your SmackDown reviews, you're now on board the Alexa Bliss train. Yeah, no, I, I think, man, she's been really good. I thought last week it was incredible. Like the way she shot down the crowd and just she's got her character down very, very well. Um, you know, it was one of those things when she came on, it's like, okay, here's the easy heel heat thing. But she ran with it. It wasn't like she just wasn't relying on the trope. She actually, um, her coming out enhanced the segment. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to throw Lex out of here because obviously if she can get easy heel heat, um, she, she did a great job with it. And Justin made a great point with Naomi, and I think I referenced the review too. It's so key that they find a way to make sure she's just not forgotten and they don't bring her back cold because there is a chance to do something big with her when she comes back. And she's, you know, been somebody who really hasn't done much in the company. So, I mean, right now, I mean, it sucks for her because this was the hottest she's ever been. And now... um on the sidelines i hope this sounds mean i hope she's actually out for a while though because otherwise why take the title off? i was gonna ask if you had heard anything i haven't heard anything on an estimate time she's gonna be out yet like if she's gonna be back before mania there was no point to take the title off her yeah i think I, the only i think what they could do if she could like come back in time for mania i think you just set up like a triple threat women's match and then just all of a sudden, somebody comes out like, well, Naomi was or somebody was just cleared to wrestle. And here she is. And it, all of a sudden, it's a fatal four way or something like that. Only issue I have with that, and not that that's a bad idea, is that they're doing the, I think they're going to do a fatal four way for Raw. And I, I hate this was my big pet peeve. Ryan, you and I talked about this when they first did the brand split. We first started doing the show. I hated in the first brand split when Raw and SmackDown would do like fatal four ways for the tag titles on both shows. And stuff like what was that WrestleMania 20? They did that and stuff. Um, I just, you know, it just seems like copying. Yeah. Well, I don't know where they're going. Uh, so wh- where's Alexa take this into WrestleMania then? Becky, I assume. Yeah. That's that's about the only thing I can see. The only uh, thing they have, really. What's that? The only thing they have. I mean, what else? I mean, I don't think they're, if Naomi can't make work Mania, I don't know what other story they have except Becky going for her title back. Yeah, it's true. Because there it was talk that was going to be a triple threat, right? Prior? Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. Then just be a singles match. Yeah, well, I yeah, I was not disappointed that Alexa Bliss won the title back, but uh, it sucks for Naomi. So uh, anything else on SmackDown that stood out this week, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I think they set the wheels in motion for the mixed tag at Mania. The, the Cena's versus the Miz's. Going. That's true. The uh, yeah. this, uh they That's in the brawl backstage, right? So Maurice yeah. got ran. Yeah, Maurice needs to work on her pipe swinging uh, ability. I'll say that. <laughs> but you know, she's learning, and um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are like, "What? That's the John Cena match for Mania?" I think this could work. I think this could work. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all in now. Like, I'm actually excited. Like, if I was booking this WrestleMania myself, that would actually be one of the matches. Now, I'm I'm all in on that. I'm still not sold on it being a match for WrestleMania, but uh, I think it has some intrigue. So uh, there, there is a standout for me in SmackDown, real quick. I, I really, really liked the Usos promo. Like it, it, it felt like their reinvention was really coming together, and uh, I don't know, they felt fresh, and they, it, it had a little bit of an Enzo cast feel to it. But outside of that, I thought it was terrific. Yeah, I thought, uh, honestly, they're one of the most interesting, maybe the most interesting thing going in the SmackDown tag division right now. If you went back to like September and you told me I would say, man, the Usos are going to be way more interesting than American Alpha, I would have probably thought I was crazy. But uh, yeah, I love what they've done turning them heel. Uh, I love the characters. I think they're playing them really well. And uh, yeah, I thought the delivery on SmackDown was really good, too. I can't be the only one. And it's funny that you said that, Justin, because when I was looking at my Twitter feed, when I 
reviewed the show, it was divisive about who what people thought of the use of his promo. I really? liked it too. Yeah, I, I liked it too. Um, but am I the only one who's ever had the thought, man, if they ever turn Roman Reigns heel, how great would the Usos be as his flunkies? How great of a group would that be with Reigns flanked by the Usos? I thought like a year ago that's what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. But it never happened. I thought, yeah, I think that could be a really good, solid stable. I mean, that's, yeah, the Roman Empire. Exactly. So, yeah, SmackDown was a pretty good show. Raw was a pretty good show. I'd have I'd have to uh, give the nod to SmackDown just because it's so much easier to watch this two-hour yeah. show. But I, I thought Raw was solid. It's been competitive. I mean, Raw, it used to be like, it was, you know, calling SmackDown the show of the week was kind of a joke because Raw basically gifted it the honor. But Raw's been... It's been competitive for that honor in the, over the last three to four weeks, I'd say. That's true. I When I was thinking about this earlier before we did the show, and I, I knew I'd bring up which would be the better show this week, and I actually did have to kind of think about it and debate it in my head a little bit. So it is, it's getting closer, that's for sure. Um, I also wanted to mention, so we're recording this on Thursday night, and last night at the NXT tapings, Finn Balor returned in front of a live crowd did a run-in i don't want to like you know give away spoilers too much here but he did do a run-in and he got physically involved in the ring a little bit you know he said he wasn't cleared to come back yet but he was getting close he said he was coming back for what's his so obviously alluding to the uh, universal championship do you guys think you guys think he's going to be on wrestlemania or do you think they're going to hold up his return off until the next night kyle if they don't have something meaningful for him or that makes sense, they should hold him off. As much as that sucks for him, because, you know, I don't know what, you know, uh, these guys obviously get some sort of payday from being on the Mania card. But, um, yeah, I just don't think, you know, squeezing him in for the heck of it is worth it, really. And I don't know where he does fit in. Like, Justin, I'll throw it to you. What do you, knowing what we think we know about the current WrestleMania card, who would Finn Balor's logical opponent be? Because there's two... His character from where he left off has two logical opponents, and both of them are taken. Who who are those opponents? Kevin Owens. Uh-huh. Because oh, you know, he was the and Seth Rollins, which is going to this I wanted to have this discussion. Rollins was the guy who hurt him. And Rollins is a baby face now. A very poor baby face, I might add, but <laughs> the baby face nonetheless. Uh, he's been better of late. Well. Than he can hurt. But, you know, what are they going to do with that? Are they just going to ignore that when Balor comes back? They can for now. That can be addressed later on. Uh, if, if I'm doing my little fantasy booking corner, I would actually continue the Strowman Reigns, let that go in there, and I would probably put Balor in there with Taker. Or, or, or you can switch them. Well. Yeah, I I agree. I I would like the Undertaker angle personally, but yeah, I just like like Kyle said, I don't see a uh, I don't see a place for him on the card, unfortunately. Apparently, they got plans for him at WrestleMania, though, according to uh, Dave Meltzer. Uh oh, I'm sure he'll do something, whether it's like a run in or just some kind of special appearance. But as far as a match, man, it's really pushing when we look at that card. And here's the thing, too: does his return get lost in the shuffle at WrestleMania? There's so many things going on at WrestleMania, whereas Finn Balor is back first match. That could draw some in. You got all these freaking pay-per-views now. Would it stand out more on just a Raw? I know that, you know, oh, freaking, you know, Backlash or whatever it's going to be or whatever the first Raw pay-per-view is after Mania, but it'll stand out more. It'll be the what the show can be built around, perhaps. And that's yes, actually I, for Finn Balor. I, I agree. I think it would have been huge if he would have just showed up the night after. But now they've already got him coming out here on NXT, which I think is a dark segment. Uh, but that's just kind of getting people excited for him coming back because everybody's reading those kind of spoilers and whatnot. And he's obviously ready to come back to the ring because he was delivering uh, sling blades and the corner drop kick. There's no way he's not medically cleared uh, in delivering those kind of moves. That's a good point. So. He, he's he's definitely coming back, and I think he's going to be involved somehow. I, I had mentioned last week to Ryan about a possible uh, Triple H and Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, which I don't think would happen. 
because it's a tag team match. But yeah, I man, I don't. Do you just punt on the? I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends what Rollins' deal is. I mean, that's a big X factor. Okay, what about this? What if Rollins can't go at WrestleMania? Does Finn Balor slide into that spot? Yes, 100%. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Triple H. Yeah, 100%. Too. I don't know what, he I don't slides know. right into Triple H's DMs. Yeah, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the story is there and how they do it, but it would be logical with the whole, that hole in the card. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's no doubt about it. But yeah, I've you, also heard Samoa, Samoa Joe too, because mm-hmm. they had like Joe in his promo kind of mention, oh, you know, I don't take orders from anybody or something that, you know, Joe could be an emergency backup for Rollins. I don't know. I think they're setting up some sort of stable with Triple yes. H, Samoa Joe, and Kevin Owens. Yeah, which I like long term. I like yeah, that yeah, me a lot. Too. Me too. Yeah. This Paul's army is a lot better than the Paul Jones army. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know that Monday after WrestleMania, it's always the reset. They held off Brock Lesnar a few years ago to, you know, offer WrestleMania to start the Monday after. So they could they could hold Balor off till the next night. But uh, I'm sure he would not be too happy about that. You know, I'm sure he's been pushing his rehab to be ready for WrestleMania. So uh, I just, the battle of the entrances, Finn Balor versus Undertaker, make it happen. I just don't think <laughs> Balor's ready yet, especially with this. I I, I think. He's he's really over with the crowd though, man. Like a lot of people were really bummed that he wasn't the thirtieth entrance at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I know because I watched videos on on. Yeah, you talk about marks. <laughs> yeah, you talk about the marks. Not to me, what those people, man. <laughs> no, yeah, he is gonna be like, uh, yeah, when he comes back, he's gonna be right up there, top baby face of Raw. He'll be in the discussion for sure. I mean, he was gonna be he was gonna be the face of Raw before the injury. Yeah. Would you punt on the Rollins face turn and turn him back heel? Because I, I don't think he's been, I, I, like I said, I think he's been a failure in that baby. I mean, part of it is, you know, when they turned him, it was a mistake. But I don't, it was yeah. too long. But would you do that and do Balor uh, Rollins as a program with Rollins back in the heel role? I, I like I like Justin's idea there of teaming them up and then doing a turn to set up the feud. Well, okay. and that's you know, and that's the thing is. Really, he's outside of slamming the fans. He's really hasn't been acting like a face. I mean, he kind of threatened Triple H's children in in the promo a couple of weeks ago. It's like he's still kind of the whiny entitled yes. superstar. He's just not being a jerk to the fans. That's really the only difference. He's still kind of a heel. Yeah. yeah other than that NXT thing he did where he came out of TakeOver, I just I, I I just don't know what he's done that's very good in the babyface role. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about that in the past, and I think mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of blame to go around on the Seth Rollins failed babyface push. That's for sure. So, uh, real quickly before we close up for this week, we we got to mention two all-time legends that passed away this week. First off, George the Animal Steel. Kyle, you are a big time old school wrestling fan. You were uh, showing off your Coliseum videos here on on the video feed before we went live. Yeah, look at this. Inside the steel cage. Remember this one, folks? Uh, Oh, yeah. I don't think George Steele was on this one. Randy (laughs) Savage was. So, So, I mean, man, this guy was a huge, huge star in the boom period in the 80s, even though he was getting older at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a big star in the 70s, too, opposite Bruno. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I don't think there's any doubt he he for sure is a Hall of Famer. I believe he is is in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? I would assume so. WWE Hall of Fame, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Just any memories you guys have of George the Animal Steel as as children of the '80s? For me, definitely the Randy Savage uh, rivalry, and that, and that and honestly, that was about it for me. Just eating the turnbuckle to <laughs> expose it and. Uh, Chasing Elizabeth around. That's about all I got. Yeah, the Savage, you know, it's funny. I hated that feud so much. I mean, I don't mean to speak ill of the man. I, I hated it at the time. I was like, God, what a waste of Randy Savage. But, you know, that feud really drew interest. And true, like, you know who was into that were, like, female fans. Oh, yeah. Back yep. then. Like, they loved that feud. I mean, Jesus, they ran that thing on Saturday night's main event for over a year. I mean, they worked, I think, three different times on Saturday night's main event against each other. 
Um, and, you know, it must have been working. I mean, yeah, he was older then. Um, and, you know, he did, you know, they parlayed it into him factoring the finish at WrestleMania 3, which I guess was kind of a decent payoff uh, for, for his character. But, um, yeah, after that, it was just kind of whatever. He was just a mascot, basically. But, yeah, you, all-time great. And, you know, it's it's funny. A lot of his people don't think, even have knowledge of him or think of him as a heel, but he was he was a good heel in the seventies too. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty young at the time in the, you know mid to late eighties. But uh, w- what I always think of with him, of course, is what Justin said: eating the turnbuckles, the green tongue, uh, the the few savage. That's like one of the first things I remember. And uh, yeah, I just think he was like one of the biggest faces of the company at the time when it, it hit that first boom period. And uh, uh, I've heard from people that uh, knew. George Steele, he was just like one of the most down-to-earth, cool guys outside the ring, too. So sad to hear about his passing. And uh, like you guys said, true legend. What about Ivan Koloff? Also passed. There was a lot of uh, a lot of deaths this week in wrestling in the last couple of weeks. But uh, I, I don't have any memories of Ivan Koloff, but digging into history, the third WWF champion ever ended Bruno Sammarantino's uh, 2,803-day reign as champion in New York. So, I, I, yeah. I mean, that was one of the, that was one of the big moments uh, of the 1970s. I mean, you know, I mean, he was one of the, the real stuff. I mean, that, that was like one of the real shockers for the WWE when he, when he did that. I mean, like I said, Bruno, and that was an incredible run. And um, the place, Meltzer writes about it as many times that, MSG went, just went silent when Koloff beat San Martino. They were just shocked. Um, you know, my, you know, obviously that was well before my time. You know, my only memories of him were he was old and he had, God, there he, him and the junkyard dog were tagging and for Jim Crockett against the Russian assassins. Those were some, some ugly matches, quite frankly. But um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a big star for the 70s. I mean, you talk about another, a very legit Hall of Famer. Um, you know, they, 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 didn't he was a transition champion when he won? I think he lost to Pedro, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it was really short. They didn't really do twenty-one much. days. Yeah, I mean, you know, they probably could have extended that out longer, but up until Triple H, really, this was a babyface promotion. And twenty-one you know, days in that era is astounding. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't do short title runs back then. No, I mean, if you were a heel, um, you know, you, you didn't really get a long time. They didn't have long heel champions. I mean, they had Billy Graham had a year, but um, that was basically it um, for the 70s and the 80s, uh, to be quite honest with you. It was a baby. It's always been a baby face promotion. Up until Triple H, like I said. That's right. actually it's funny that, that you mentioned that because the first champion was Buddy Rogers. Bad guy. 22 days. Then it goes to Bruno. Almost 3,000 days. Ivan, 21 days. Pedro, over 1,000. Stan Stasiak, nine days. Back to Bruno for over 1,000. Mm-hmm. Billy Graham for almost 300. And then Bob Backlund for over 2,000. Yeah, and then, and then the, of course, the Iron Sheik was the ultimate transition champion from Backlund to Hogan. Yep. yep. Um, you know, and Randy Savage. When he won it, he we actually won it as a baby face, and they took it off him pretty quick when he turned heel, which I always thought was a mistake at WrestleMania Five. They took that title off Randy Savage way too quick. He, the, you talk about the hottest heel this company's ever had. Yeah. Randy Savage, nineteen eighty nine. Bottom line, uh, Slaughter did not have a long run in ninety one. Uh, that was like Rumble to Mania, right? Sixty four uh, days. Yeah, and then even like Ric Flair, you know, was Rumble to Mania in ninety the next year. Uh, Seventy seven. Yeah. Yoko was really, I think, you know, in my lifetime, the first heel they gave an extended run to. And that was kind of by accident with Hogan leaving the promotion in 93. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, not to uh, not to close up things on a, a sad note, but I think it would have been a mistake to not at least mention the passing to the all time legends. Yeah. So uh, we will be back next week with our WWE Fastlane preview show. That should be what an interesting show. one. What should be an interesting show. one. If he's going to be, I can't wait. <laughs> oh my god! Based on our based on our disagreements earlier in this broadcast, I think next week's show could be an all timer for us. Oh god, I can't wait to let's break this thing down for hours. I just can't wait. 
That is going to be streamed uh, live, like our pay-per-view preview shows always are. That one will be streamed, webcast, live, free for all uh, next Thursday night. So even if you're not a Patreon supporter, you can check that one on YouTube Live or On Demand, the audio-only podcast. Like I said earlier, if you want to watch the webcast every week, become a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash Nation. And uh, if you're listening and you're on iTunes, go ahead, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating. We would appreciate it. Check out all the news at topropress.com, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.